0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of a cozy Christmas podcast. My name is Art, and I think I've finally digested all of my Thanksgiving turkey. I'm not sure, but I think it's gone. We had an early Thanksgiving this year, so we're in this kind of a weird week, post Thanksgiving, but still pre-December. But I hope you're getting opportunities to get out, enjoy some Christmas lights, put up some more decorations, begin cooking food, uh, testing foods out, eating food, drinking your weight in eggnog. Although maybe we shouldn't be doing that anymore. I don't know. I'd have to talk to my doctor about that. I already know. He said no. Okay. Anyway, here I am feeling a bit wound up and a bit (laughs) excited about uh, this week. Uh, I've got two episodes coming out this week. Today's conversation is with a a new children's author named rich wagner and he has written a charming and sweet christmas story called needles the forgotten christmas tree now i mentioned this book in a previous episode and so this week it's children's lit week here on the podcast if you have a children's story you'd like to share or, or recommend let me know Also, uh, one quick announcement, I am collecting some Christmas memories and traditions uh, from you, my listeners. If you have any, please write to me at CozyChristmasPodcast at gmail.com, and I want to feature those in an upcoming episode, or several upcoming episodes. All right, so today I have an interview with Richard Wagner, author of Needle's The Forgotten Christmas Tree. welcome back to a cozy christmas podcast and today i have a special guest with me his name is richard wagner and he has just uh, written and uh, published a book called needles the forgotten christmas tree it's a delightful children's story illustrated by sydney krueger with beautiful illustrations and it's a heartwarming story and it's one i think uh, if you have children in your life and even some of us grown-ups this will be a story that you will enjoy. Uh, so, Rich, welcome to the Cozy Christmas Podcast.
1: Thank you, Art. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for uh, sending me a copy of the book and everything. It's a real delight. It was a delight to read.
1: Well, thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and about this book you've written?
1: Okay. Well, I'm uh, I I'm by trade I am a uh, real estate commercial real estate developer. And, uh, I, uh, I married, I have two kids. Uh, they just graduated from college a year ago. They're twins. And, uh, we live in, uh, Newport beach, California. And I'm a, I'm a native Southern Californian. My wife is a sixth generation Californian, which is almost unheard of. She, her forefathers came across and covered wagons. So kind of an interesting story from her side. Oh, I bet. But, uh, the 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 genesis of this book, how how I came up with this book, it's it's actually based upon a true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was about fourteen years old, uh, a business associate of my dad's uh, delivered a tree to us to the house as just sort of a thank you for for something that my dad had done for him. Problem was we already had a Christmas tree, all decorated in the living room. So we tried to find somebody to take this little tree but we couldn't find it, find anybody. And unfortunately, this little tree sat forlornly outside during the entire holidays alone and forgotten. And, you know, I never forgot that little tree. And this book is a testament to that tree and what might've been Mm. when wanting to write this story for between 40 and 50 years. And finally one day I just sat down and wrote, wrote a story, but, Albeit with a happier ending. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. One of the things I like to do is is when I talk to my guests is to talk about some of their favorite Christmas memories and things. But it sounds like this is one that really made an impact in your life and you just kind of held on to.
1: It did. It it's it, it stayed with me all these years. And there's so many times I wanted to sit down and write a story based upon this. And uh, you know, I guess I guess life got in the way. <laughs> Uh, you know, with kids and and work and everything else, and finally, I just had some time where I was able to sit down and say, "Okay, I'm going to do this." And what was very interesting about it was is that writing the book did not, the, the the initial story did not take that long, maybe a couple hours. Mm. Um, but then I refined it and I refined it and. And I thought seriously about okay, it's definitely a children's story. I need to make it simpler. I need to make it so that it was easier to understand. Uh, and uh, so, you know, that's that's kind of how how it happened. Um, I've been asked what was the most surprising thing that uh, uh, came out of writing the book, and mm. I it was that the ultimate lesson from the book is that we all have to persevere uh through the adversities of life and to never give up um that concept was not preconceived
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it it's it it just sort of happened as i was writing the book and at some point it was sitting there staring at me in the face and i went wow i actually have a message with this book that is a pretty good message for young readers Mm -hmm. and uh that's how that happened and then, of course, finding a good illustrator was another another part of it. And that turned out to be probably the hardest part, because I probably went through 20 to 25 illustrators before I I found Sidney Kruger. And I didn't want a cartoon tree. I wanted a, I wanted a nice tree that, okay, when the tree's happy, the branches are up. When the tree's sad, the branches kind of droop. You know, I, mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a little bit more of an elegant look. And I think we got that.
0: Yeah, like you said, it, it's, it was written for like children, young readers, but as an adult, I am just looking through this, and uh, the, the pictures are just gorgeous, and I know some of us adults, we still like to read children's stories, and this is one that would be great to, to have out you know, on your coffee table or something, just to add to the decorations of Christmas, and these really are just phenomenal uh, to go along with such a wonderful story uh, that you've written.
1: It's kind of interesting because we've I, it's book signings that I've done. I've had a number of adults buy the book, and mm-hmm. I said, "Or oh, is this for your children or grandchildren?" No, I just want the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. In fact, the other the other day we were at dinner with some friends, and i i handed I handed them the book, and they had a twenty four year old daughter who started reading the book, and she started getting tears in her eyes, mm-hmm. and she says, "This is a wonderful book. I'm keeping this book." So. <laughs> It was, was kind of
0: neat. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be uh, just very satisfying to you to know you've, yeah. you've created this thing that uh, everyone is enjoying uh, even beyond your intended audience.
1: It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's been an interesting ride thus far.
0: Right <laughs> now. Is have you wanted to be an author or is this kind of a new, was this a new uh, venture for you?
1: It was a new venture. Um, I've, I've, I've written, uh, uh, articles for newspapers before, uh, local papers. I wrote an article for the wall street journal, you know, I've done Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, wasn't for kids of course.
0: Um,
1: and I always liked writing stories when I was in school. I, I had very good teachers growing up. I learned to write and I, I read a lot of books. My dad had an extensive library and we, I used to go to the The local library all the time and and pull out books. I did a lot of reading, and so, yeah. I think writing writing was always something I wanted to do, but I never really had necessarily a topic to sit down and write a book about, except for this one. And now that we've done this, I'm kind of I'm actually people are telling me I should write another book, (laughs) and so. Uh, and they've also some people have told me that I should I should do a series with needles, and so I've got an idea for the next one. I'm going to see if I can make it work.
0: That was going to be one of my questions: is do you have any future plans for this?
1: Well, I'm going to I'm going to sit down and see if I can write another book on about needles, um, and I've also got some ideas swirling in my head about some other some other ideas. I like the idea of just coming up with some some life lessons for for kids in Mm -hmm. these books i kind of like writing for kids and i i like the idea of coming up with some life lessons uh you know
0: that's one of the great things about stories is that they they give us those life lessons you know and right um they're i don't know if they're easier but to understand when it's as a story but you know somehow it's just that power of the story can really sell what you're trying to say of course on, on on my podcast, I talk a lot about, um, you know, A Christmas Carol by Dickens, and that was one right. of his purposes, is to write a story that would change people or exactly. give, give them a lesson. And I think that's really at the heart of a good Christmas story. So as a as a reader, what, what were some of your favorite things to read? Oh,
1: growing up? Yeah,
0: growing up. Yeah.
1: Wow. that's <laughs> <laughs> it. I used to like to read a lot about history. Uh, And that type of thing. And when I say my dad had a very uh, extensive library, one of the things he had, he was, he had subscribed almost his whole life after college to an organization called the Heritage Club Books. And they Mm -hmm. were all the classics. Mm -hmm. And so I remember somewhere in late elementary school, one Saturday, I was bored, and I went over to his library, and I was just looking at books and I pulled out Tom Sawyer and I think I read it all that day Mm. and I liked it so much. I started pulling out other books, Huckleberry Finn, the red badge of courage. Um, I, but one book that made a big impact on me was call of the wild. And when I read that book, I became a huge Jack London fan. Mm. So then I read Seawolf, light fang and some other things. And, uh, uh, named my first dog Buck.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Call of the Wild is is a phenomenal story. I I know I read it when I was younger, but I I just reread it recently, uh, like within the last couple of years, and I was like, wow, this was this was a yeah. good story, yeah.
1: But I, I took a lot of literature in, uh, classes, American literature and English literature in in school. Um, uh, I, I really, I rarely ever read a book I didn't like, or mm-hmm. I, I rarely ever didn't like a book that I read. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there were there, as I got older, I re, I really got into some of the books you read in school, like, you know, the sound and the fury and, uh, 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 uh William Golding's Lord of the Flies, you know, and, yeah. and just kind of offbeat books like Aerosmith by... By Sinclair Lewis and things like that. I just I just like those kind of books, and so mm-hmm. anyway. But I also read a lot of history. I like biographies. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a huge World War II. Uh, I've studied a lot about World War II. My mm-hmm. dad was in World War II, so I think that was probably part of the reason I I was into that.
0: Oh sure, yeah. Uh, well, and I think it's like a requirement for a dad to be in interested in world war ii history or something yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just went to normandy we oh, uh wow. we just spent uh uh several days uh, at normandy going all over seeing seeing out everything the museum's really amazing
0: that's a trip i hope to make someday myself yeah
1: that was a bucket list item yeah
0: definitely <laughs> well see i told you i can get sidetracked on stuff so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess getting back to the topic at hand here now, as we we talk about a little bit about Christmas and all that, what were Christmases like for you growing up and maybe how have they changed now that you're an adult?
1: You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I would say a lot of the traditions we have with Christmas right now are a lot of what we grew up with. Mm. Um, And we kind of instilled that in our kids. And it's kind of funny because... My wife kind of grew up with the same kind of traditions that, that I did. Uh, You know, we, uh, we, uh, we like to go to, we go to Chris, we go to a midnight service on Christmas Eve. Uh, Before that we go to dinner at my sister's house. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a tradition that we've been doing for 20 some years or more. Uh, Christmas morning, we get up and my wife makes Quiche and Mm. uh, kringle's and and all these neat things that we have to eat. We get champagne and eggnog and we sit and we open presents and we go one at a time and it usually takes four hours (laughs) and we just sit there for a long time and it's a family experience. The which is the four of us and we just sit there and it's really a really nice family experience. What we do and then we then we do dinner and uh, sometimes we have guests. A family over sometimes it's just us depends mm-hmm. and that's kind of our our thing i i would say that some of the other things we do is uh uh growing up we always had certain movies that we like to watch uh like a bishop's wife the bishop's wife uh the kids liked polar express uh they liked narnia the lion the witch and the Ro- wardrobe um holiday inn was always a fun one to watch um and then every year for the last, uh, well, since the kids were probably five years old or so, uh, we started off for several years uh, going to see The Nutcracker. And then we switched over because we had here in Orange County a playhouse that does just an unbelievable, excellent play with essentially movie stars. Um with, with, and it's a Christmas carol. Mm. It's really, really good. And we've probably been doing that now for, oh gosh, 15, 16, 17 years. And uh, it's something that kids want to do every year. It's something we want to do every year. And then my wife and I like to go see the Messiah mm-hmm. at the Performing Arts Center every every year mm. and, and hear that. The music handles Messiah, yeah, which is just amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and the music we like to listen to around the house, I, I gotta, my wife grew up with it. I grew up with it. And now my kids are like ingrained with it. Mitch Miller. If you've ever heard the Mitch and, Miller Christmas music.
0: I don't think
1: so. Oh yeah. Yeah. That came out in like 1960. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still out. You can still buy it. Um, we also like the classics. We, uh, we have classic albums for Christmas with Bing Crosby and, uh, Dean Martin, Pavarotti, sure, mm-hmm. um, the Norman Luboff Choir, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I mean, we just we listen to that kind of thing. So uh, anyway, that's kind of some of the things, some of the things we do.
0: Sure, um, yeah, I'll have to check out that Mitch Miller album. Um, oh yeah,
1: yeah, uh, Mitch Miller. He that was a classic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, a lot. Some of your traditions sound like a lot of uh, what we do. You know, we really just make it a point to make Christmas morning to be as stress-free as possible. You know, right? We're not in a hurry to to get into the presents. Which, as my kids get older, they're a little more okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, early on, no, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. The week before Christmas, when they were little, man, they're just like, ah, oh, I got <laughs> The last few years, we've we've just really tried to take it easy and and enjoy the day and um, enjoy each other because well as you know um you know my oldest is in college my second oldest is just done with hi- uh high school now and he's looking at doing uh what he's going to do next my my daughter just started high school this year and you know my kids are growing up and we know yep. that 5 years from now they could be out on their own or with families of their own that kind of thing so um yeah those t- those times are so precious uh for sure but yeah my my kids were uh really enjoyed you mentioned the polar express they loved that film as well yeah now you know growing up for me the the big excitement was when uh when uh the grinch was on and mickey's christmas carol was another that i we boy when when that music starts playing it was just oh instant christmas feeling it you know christmas is tomorrow or something uh i'm almost certain they were playing it on christmas eve or pretty close
1: well and then remember rudolph the red-nosed reindeer yeah yeah that one too. i remember the first time that aired i was i was there
0: (laughs) oh wow (laughs) it had to have
1: been about 1960 early 60s -hmm. and uh and then also uh frosty the Mm -hmm. snowman that that little cartoon but, yeah, the Rudolph one with the little, uh, like, puppet things or whatever those were. Yeah, that thing, I remember when that came out, and we still watch it, you know, just, to, just for old times' sake.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, as you get older, it's, you know, some people kind of see watching now and they think, well, is this really that good? But it has so much nostalgia to it that yeah. it's almost you can't, you can't. You can't have Christmas without it, you know.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. Absolutely.
0: Did you have any idea, like, w- w- when you were first watching it, that, you know, this is something really special? Uh, you know, this is something out of the ordinary.
1: Well, when you're a little kid, it's really exciting. You know, you're like, oh, wow. I mean, back then, you've been, you, you, they didn't have uh, uh, videos or CDs or, or anything like that or streaming, right? Mm-hmm. So once a year, the Wizard of Oz would be on TV and they'd have like an intro where they'd have a guy that was narrating it and talking about it and then i mean you you every everybody in the country sat in their living rooms and watched the wizard of oz with their kids you know and it was only on once a year and so it was like oh my gosh this is so special and then there was a there was a peter pan with mary martin and and it was And based Mm -hmm. on the play they did on Broadway, and same thing they did with that, you only got it once a year. And then Frosty, or excuse me, Rudolph came out, and that was like once a year, you know, and it was sort of like, now you can watch it 10 times in two days if you want. Mm -hmm. But back then, it was once a year, and it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Really big deal. Everybody did it. And of course, you go to school the next day, and everybody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. And, and my kids, you know, they watched The Wizard of Oz and they liked it. So they said, let's watch The Wizard of Oz again. So the next day they watched The Wizard of Oz again. And pretty soon after they watched it 20 times, okay, no big deal. Mm. Whereas I still turn on The Wizard of Oz and I go, oh, wow, okay. You know. <laughs>
0: it's, it's on, it's on, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to sound like a cynical old man here, but, <laughs> you know, I think we miss something when we have all of this, all these movies within demand, you know, just, too much of it yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's agree. almost too
1: much it's not special
0: also on the you know on the movie maker side it's it's maybe quality and thought is going down because they think well we'll just start churning these out the more we turn out the more people will watch and all that and it's i don't know maybe i'm i'm just feeling cynical today but <laughs> we
1: tend to watch we tend to watch a lot of old movies yeah uh more so than newer movies yeah yeah the and also a lot of old westerns there you go. You know, I'm watching the old western.
0: Yep. Don't know if there's any good old Western Christmas movies though, but uh, might might be worth checking into, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I, I have to think about that.
0: Oh, wasn't there one with uh Jack Palance who did was like a retelling of a Christmas Carol? He was like an old um cowboy something. Oh uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'll maybe. have to look at look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, he was like a landowner in, in the old west and he was a real mean spirited cowboy and um uh, all that. So yeah, I'll have to I'll have to think about that one. You know, my dad liked to joke when if he ever wanted us to come out of our rooms or whatever, he would he would put in uh you know the the VHS of, of Star Wars. You, you know, so as soon as the opening music started we, Oh everybody's we, we'd come running out of our bedrooms <laughs> like, Oh Star Wars, it's time for Star Wars, you know.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: Uh, yeah it's uh there's there's something about that shared you know that shared cultural experience you know it's similar when you go out to like going out to the movie theaters versus you know just even watching it at home it's you're you're doing something as a group even if you are doing it in your own home uh (laughs) and you know those are the things that made christmas special for us is to you know to watch those things yeah
1: you know it's funny because uh uh you know my my kids like their own music and and a lot and they like some of the newer music, but mm-hmm. they grew up listening to my music and my wife's music, you know, which is primarily 60s, 70s, and 80s probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went to a Billy Joel concert. Our daughter took us to a Billy Joel concert, and she sang every word of every song. Nice. You know, and I was blown away. I don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> She knew all the words, and I'm like, "Wow, that's pretty amazing," you know. Some of the old stuff they really got into it, right? You know,
0: yeah. The other day, uh, my daughter was mentioning something about an old Christmas song, and it was a, you know, it was a song that came out in like the '90s. It's like this really old Christmas song, you know. I'm like, "Hey, that's not, it's <laughs> yeah. not that old."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny.
0: Growing up, you know, I would we would spend a lot of time at Grandma and Grandpa's house for Christmas, and They always had the radio on that would be playing, you know, like, like the Bing Crosby and, um, um, and they're timeless. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'll still hear them come on. I mean, I've got them on my Christmas playlist and everything. And it's just like, it's instant transporting back, back in time. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, this, this book, uh, just kind of go back to your book a little bit. Is it, was it just published this year or within the last couple of years?
1: It was published um towards the end of twenty twenty two. Okay. So we never really got a, a really good seasonal effort out of it. Cause by the time the printing was done, it was it was pretty late in the season. Mm-hmm. Um so we we realized that we needed to start making a push this year, uh, you know, during the holiday season with the book um and being seasonal i i uh, i i think it's going to take 3 or 4 years of doing doing some of this to really get the book out there i mean it, it is a book you can read year round it's it's not necessarily just a christmas book but i think that people tend to look at you know the 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 title and will think well it's it's a christmas book yeah yeah <laughs> which it really kind of is but um there there's messages in there that are timeless oh
0: yeah yeah, well, I mean, I I do a Christmas podcast, and I actually do do it year round, not as frequent, you know, during the off season. But and there are people who listen, and they love having it there to listen to, and right, you know, I it, I always I mean, just meet so many interesting people that create stuff around Christmas that I can't get it all done in November and December. You know, I got to spread it out. But then, uh, it's that idea too. It's a, it is a timeless message, and. Uh, but you know, especially this time of year is when people will be looking for that kind of thing, and I hope that more and more people will find the story. It's it's such a it's a good one. I I wish my kids were young enough I could read to, so I might have to take it down to the local library and <laughs> read to them <laughs> or something. <laughs> but yeah, tell us a, a little what what's the the plot the summary here of your story.
1: Well, needles the forgotten Christmas tree is it's it's a heartwarming story that has several messages to young readers. First and foremost, it ends up being about persevering through adversity and never giving up. Uh, The adversity comes in several forms, such as being a scraggly tree, being criticized by bigger and more beautiful trees, of nobody wanting needles at the Christmas tree lot, uh, of feeling lonely and forgotten. Uh, It morphs into a story of a relationship between Needles and a young handicapped girl, two entities with equally difficult challenges. And the additional final lesson is that an infirmed, handicapped, or otherwise challenged individual, and tree in this case, uh, has hopes, dreams, and desires just like anyone else. They are to be respected as any other individual. And for the little girl, Needles was perfect. And for Needles, the little girl was perfect. And they both ended up giving everything they had to give to each other. And with that, uh, they would they would uh, together share the joy of Christmas.
0: Now, were you inspired by anyone in, in your real life as far as like the little girl goes?
1: No, it, it just sort of happened as I was writing I, mm-hmm. I didn't it was again this was not preconceived uh, but I realized in know in a certain sense Needles was sort of challenged mm-hmm. and he's going through his Christmas tree life you know trying to deal with all of the adversities but keeps saying I'm not going to give up I'm not going to give up and little Emily in the book uh, she has her uh adversities that she's dealing with and she just so much wants to have a christmas tree and she sees needles on the side of the road with a sign that says free christmas tree and it just yells for her mother to stop the car
0: Mm.
1: and that's kind of how they you know she thinks this is the most beautiful tree she's ever seen Mm. and that's how it sort of goes from there it, it it uh that wasn't preconceived but it it all of a sudden as i was writing it seemed to work
0: mm-hmm. well you know,
1: I, yeah the message never giving up right uh you know it's uh it, the world is not always a perfect place and uh you know you got this scraggly little tree uh who endures all these taunts and criticisms and setbacks trying to realize his goal of becoming a beautiful Christmas tree. And uh, it's just a story of hopes, dreams, desires, determination, and never giving up. And it also, I think, offers an observation that, that what others think is beautiful may not really matter. It's is in the eye of the beholder.
0: I mean, it's like how... You know i can find something beautiful or well done and somebody else is like eh, that's yeah, not really my thing exactly yeah it, it's that what is it they say um, beauty is subjective is, is that <laughs> you know it, it really depends yeah i like that there's uh, you know there's good rep- representation in that you know the people kids especially i mean i don't know about what what you see but i, I see kids really struggling with a lot of things. I think especially since the pandemic and stuff, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's been a hard, hard few years for them. And I remember my my daughter going back to school once this was all more or less done. And it was really hard. It was really hard for her to do that. And uh, just a lot of challenges they're facing. And that's, uh, I love the positivity of this story, you know, that yes, life is hard, but don't ever give up. It's worth not giving up. Um, A really good and powerful message uh, for Christmas time. Well, for any time, really.
1: No, I I agree. You know, I think the kid, you know, life is hard. And if you can convey the message, you know, a lot of a lot of young people get that message through sports, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, persevering, not winning, losing, struggling, but persevering to keep going and try to overcome that and win and uh you know there's there's nothing wrong with losing if anything it teaches you you know it teaches you things but uh it also teaches you that life isn't always perfect life isn't always gonna go the way you want it to go (laughs) let me tell you yeah and uh you know, as a as an older adult, you you realize all of the things that happen in your life. In a sense, a lot of the a lot of the things that you wish you hadn't had to go through were really sort of a rite of passage, of of getting through life and realizing what's really important, and and, and learning how to deal with adversity helps you later on because as an adult you run into it as well. Mm-hmm. So if you can start learning how to deal with it as a child, it helps you later in life
0: yeah and that's um you know where books were a big help to me in that because i I was not and am not athletic and (laughs) i'd rather not learn that those things through sports but you know you can learn that through a good story you know it 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 teaches you and shows you um even you know how to have how to have grace in defeat and things like that i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's all there in in our stories um we just, we just need to read them. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, this book is available now. It's
1: available on Amazon, mm-hmm. online, or on Barnes and Barnes Noble, or my website, needlesthechristmastree.com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it is on Amazon. It's on both Kindle and hard hardcover. Um, it's a it's a it's a bestseller on Amazon at this point. It's won numerous awards uh mom's choice award reader's favorite and literary titan um and and these are all things that it won i i'm i'm blown away that it 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 got all these awards uh but uh uh yeah you can you uh it's it's easy to find and buy if you want to <laughs>
0: <laughs> excellent well i'll make sure to uh link those things in the show notes too for people to uh, be able to find it and so as we, we, uh, need to wrap up here, but, uh, before I go, what, what are some things you're looking forward to this year for Christmas time?
1: Well, my, uh, my son, uh, works in Chicago and, uh, so he'll be coming out for Christmas and that's, you know, that's really great because mm-hmm. we just can't wait to see him, Uh my, my daughter is here in Orange County. And so the four of us will be together. We will, we will be seeing, we will be having family over this year, um, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, uh, that's, that's the biggest thing is, um, is just having the family together. You yeah. know, that, that really is, I mean, that, that's the thing we really can't wait for him to get home and be able to all of us be together yep
0: those times are precious Uh, yeah yeah all right well thank you so much for coming on
1: well thank you i really appreciate it this has been fun oh
0: absolutely uh well and you and, and your family i hope you have a merry christmas
1: same to you you know i wish you all the best
0: thank you Well, stay tuned for my next episode coming out at the end of this week. I'll be talking to uh, another author who has written a really fun little children's story called Double Trouble and the Upside-Down Christmas Tree. It's by Tyler G. Mitchell, and I'll have him on the podcast. We're going to talk about that story and how its origins are in a real-life event that occurred when he was a young boy. So you won't want to miss that episode coming out at the end of this week. And then the following Monday, I'll have on the show author Kyle Poles, who has written a book called From Nicholas to Christmas, which explores another origin story of Santa Claus. So if you like to read those, which I kind of do, I like to see all the different origin stories um, about Santa and how people have imagined it. And Kyle is one of those who not only has a, a great story to tell, he's lived a pretty interesting story as well and he's going to share that with with us and then after that um probably sometime in there i'll be also releasing some episodes that are just um, some christmas stories some things that you can have on in the background or listen to as you're trying to relax around the christmas tree that will hopefully uh, get you in a christmasy mood thank you so much for listening to the cozy christmas podcast if you'd like to help support the show The best thing that you can do is to share it on your social media account, share it with a friend, leave us a rating and a review, because that really does help get the word out. I could not do this without you guys, and I appreciate it all so much. If you would like to help us out in a financial way, there are several options for you listed in the show notes. You can make a donation on ko-fi.com, and if you send me your address, I will send out a Christmas card with a bookmark or sticker as my way of saying thank you. There's also uh, some t-shirts, podcast merchandise, hand-painted ornaments I've done over the uh, this past year. And a special thank you to Karen and Angela, your support, not just your financial support, but your encouragement, your positivity, your absolute joy over what I do here really helps keep the podcast moving. And it keeps me inspired to keep doing what I'm doing. So thank you. And others who have given so generously this past year, thank you. And until next time, let's remember to honor Christmas in our hearts and try to keep it all the year. Have a very Merry Christmas.